You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Well, it, it is so good to see each and every one of you. Praise God. And like I said, it's good to see all of you watching too. We're glad that you're connected with us. Hey, if you didn't, uh, if you didn't hear Sunday's message or you didn't see it online or you weren't here in person, you need to actually go back and listen to it. Uh, I went back and listened to it, and you know, it, it actually was, was pretty good, uh, amazing about uh, everything that's going on. And I had to go back and listen to it because I had to get notes, and uh, it was hot off the press, and uh, it's the first time I've preached anything like that or in that direction, in that way, so I was like, I better go check up, see if it was scriptural, see if it's working there, and uh, uh, you know, it, uh, it actually makes us think in about how do we build our walls of our soul, and that's the title of it, but it's... Uh, uh, it's something that'll help you immensely. It'll actually cause you to uh, walk in, in victory and in joy and in peace because all my life, it was everybody said, talked about, we've got to tear this down. You've got to tear down this. You've got to tear down these walls inside. You've got to tear down the walls. Always got to tear down the strongholds. So I was always teaching and sharing about tearing down strongholds and about tearing everything down. But I wasn't building anything up, and so I kept going around the mulberry tree. Every you know what the mulberry tree is? They ring around the rosy. So it's like, uh, and I found this out as I was pastoring that if you don't change some things, you're going to have a three-year cycle. You're going to go through it. You're going to end up doing the same thing over and over again. And so I found out that I was coming back and facing some of the same demons and some of the same enemies and some of the same things even in my own life. And I thought, well, why isn't that working? And he said, it's because you're not developing you know, your soul in that area. And your soul's being saved. Your spirit is saved, but your soul is being saved, and your flesh will be saved when you get a new body. Hallelujah. Amen. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so wonderful to, when you begin to understand the concept of it, it just helps you how to deal with the devil. Because the enemy is always trying to get you to operate in fear. He's always trying to get you to get frustrated, to give up. Amen. To quit. To say it's useless, it's hopeless. I mean, who, you know, it's not going to change. I can't do it. Amen? And we have to, you know, we have to sit around and say, oh, yes, we can. Now, all he did, when you find things that uh, come against you and stuff, all he did was found a place where the wall's not built up yet, as strong as it needs to be. And all he did was show you a place where you can put some more bricks or some more blocks or whatever you need to do there. Amen? And the way that you can stop him and shut him up is you know, with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So that's why they had, you know, tiles in one hand and laying there and they had a sword in the other. So you do what God's called you to do, but you take the word of God to keep shut up the enemy all the time. So you never, you're going to always be battling that. And there's, there's things that you do and things that you have to, to grab a hold of. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's something I really believe that'll help you immensely. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter seven. There's been a lot of things stirring and mired. I don't know about you, but just recently, too, uh, God's just been renewing some things on the inside of me about relationship and about asking and about prayer, about intercessory prayer and about uh, supplication, just a lot of things, but really just about fellowship with him, too. And, uh, you know, he just was reminding me of some things, and I was just looking at some stuff, and he just, uh, uh, you know, I have a lot of scriptures marked in my Bible, and, uh, and so looking at things and stuff, and we're going we're gonna to go through a lot of passages of scriptures, and I'm going to read you a lot of scriptures, because I want to lay a foundation, I want to get a heart hunger in you. Why is that so important? 
Because you know, in uh, in Matthew chapter seven, it says verse seven says, "Ask and it shall be given you; seek and you shall find; knock and it shall be opened unto you." For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. Amen. I love it. Jesus is talking here and he said, listen, ask and it shall be. You know, you can't get any stronger word in the English language about shall or will. I mean, that's what it is. Jesus was saying, it will. If you ask, it will be given you. Amen. Now we look at things. And so uh, uh, as you look at, I mean, I could read down farther because it's so good. It just says, what man is there? If you're talking about us, whom his son asks bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will you give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Amen. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that uh, men should do to you, do ye even to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Hallelujah, the golden, you know, golden law. They're talking about that. But he said, ask. Have you know over in James chapter 4, it says, uh, you have not because you ask not, and you don't receive because you ask amiss. So there's two things that, that as you look at that, and then, then you're there in the... Uh, Seventh chapter, go over to Matthew chapter six. And anyways, two things about those particular two scriptures. One is asking and asking these things here and talking that you're going to seek, you're going to find. And so uh, when we look at this, uh, we realize that uh, we need to ask, what, what are we asking for and what are our blessings connected to and, and what are we endeavoring to put, what are we supposed to pray about, you know? And uh, understanding there's, you know, things as we go through what the Word of God says, it's, it would be shocking to you, you know, what the first thing that, that Jesus said you're to pray for is to pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Hallelujah. Those that treat you bad. That's your first prayer request. That's your first prayer assignment. And you know what? Those prayer assignments never end. <laughs> and never end. There is always those folks that are going to use you and, and mess you up and all those things there. But, uh, <laughs> but not only that, but also because of, the, of James, it talks about we need to ask ourselves how we ask, how we do things, because he said we ask amiss to consume it upon our own lust, which simply means we got to ask ourselves what, what, when we pray and when we come before God, how do we come before him? Do we come before him with an honest heart? Do we come before him with a humble heart? You know, like one person said, what kind of spirit are you of when you come? Because remember what Jesus told John and James when they said they wanted to call down lightning and thunder from heaven and kill these guys. He said, you don't even know what spirit you're of. You know, a lot of people, they don't, you know, we get to talk about the spirit of prayer. We talk about spirit of intercession. And, and what that means, it just be, it means the heart. You got to come before God with the right heart. You got to come for God for the right reasons. See, we got to ask. When we ask God, we get according to the word of God. The Bible says if you ask according to the word, you receive. Amen? That's 1 John 5, 14 says, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will or his word, because his word and his will are the same. Amen? Then we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have. So that ends it right there. Because so you know what to ask for, it's according to the word of God. So we have to get a hold of things that we're going to ask, how did it, that we come in accordance to what the word of God said, that we got to come with what's in our heart and we got to come with what lines up with the word of God. Amen? And not only doing that, but we got to believe that God's listening. 
Isn't it amazing in, in the sixth chapter of Matthew and in the eleventh chapter of Luke, the, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And isn't that amazing? That's what they that's the only question we have. They didn't tell him, Lord, show us how to have faith. So he said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. We did. Why? Because Jesus was praying. Amen? Right? He was praying. We look at that in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. It says that, that Jesus was praying. And the disciples, they said, teach us to pray because Jesus had an amazing prayer life. But I want to look at in Matthew chapter 6, and I want to look at here. And, and let's begin reading at, at verse 5. <clears throat> he says this, and when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen of by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray, our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He goes on to say, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. He makes it really tough. Now, there's some Bibles that omit all those things and say that's not really in this part of this thing. So, but we're going to go ahead and do with the King James and deal with it and just slap ourselves in the face with it. Amen. Go with me over to Luke 11. Let's look at that one and then we're going to come back to here. So hold your place here. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Luke 11, verse 1. <clears throat> he said this. And it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. And when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. And the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give it to you. I say to you that though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. He goes on to say, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, uh, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen? Now go back over to 
uh, Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to talk about this because we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer in one little sense in a whole different thing. I don't believe that the Lord's Prayer in one sense is a New Testament prayer because when Paul talked about some things, because it doesn't go, Jesus also went on. He said, listen, up till now, he got, went over into in John's gospel and said, up till now, you've asked nothing in my name. You need to ask in my name. So he was teaching the disciples, but doesn't mean that we can't learn from it, grow from it, and understand it. Okay, there are things we're going to take hold because I believe there's some things there that will really help you to understand how you come to God. Do you know that the way that you view faith determines really big how you receive? It really is because, you know, the so-called faith movement and all that, it's just the word of God, really. But what happens is it's got such a bad rap is because people are trying to get everything by Mark 11, 23 and 24 by the God kind of faith, but they don't understand Hebrews chapter 6 about the fundamental principle of the doctrine of faith. See, because the doctrine of faith in God is simply this, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. Though everything goes bad in my life, I still love you. Though everything is wrong, I do not blame you. Because I have faith toward God. Period. Now, when I want to receive from God, the God kind of faith is Mark eleven twenty two and 24. Have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith that verily I can say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in my heart, but shall believe that those things which I say shall come to pass. I shall have whatsoever I say. Therefore, what things ever I desire when I pray, I believe that I receive them and I shall have them. Amen. God speaks it. He said, God said it. There it was. It comes to pass. I speak it. I believe it. I get to receive it. It's great things. Problem is, is that when you speak it and say it and do it things don't happen you faith fails instead of having your faith toward God that says no matter what God's always right see when we take and tackle things like this many times and that's like we throw the Old Testament out and say I just want to be in the New Testament no the Old Testament is examples for us just like we found out about Nehemiah's walls now, the book of Nehemiah is a whole lot different to you when you read that now about why he built the walls, why we needed protection. Praise God that the temple was restored, worship was restored. I have a relationship with God. I know I'm born again. I know I'm going to make heaven, but why can't I walk in victory? Why am I always getting beat up? Why am I always, just seems like I'm taking one step forward and three steps backwards. Why does it seem like I just get so close and never receive the miracle that I need? Thank you for your overwhelming response because that's where all of us live. And we deal with this. But here's the, here's the key to, to, to what I'm sharing tonight, which kind of ties in with this. Because see, with prayer and fellowship with God is that you just trust him and he directs your steps. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's look at this. Let's break this thing down a little bit. And let's look at some things that we can do. How to, and we can realize that we need to pray these prayers from our heart. Two very important things. Number one is what we're asking for. Number two is how we're asking. It's got to be from our heart. It's got to be with a right heart. Why do I want this? You know, why do I want God to bless me? Why do I want to have my needs met? Why do I want to be healed? You ever ask yourself, like, why don't we heal? Because I want to feel good. You know? But, you know, the key is, though, that's to consume it on your own lust. Why do I want to be healed? Because I want to glorify God. I want to magnify him. I want to let people know how great he is. That he is a God that loves, and a God that heals, and a God that blesses, and a God that wants it so that I can soak. I want to be blessed so I can be a giver and I can sow more. Amen. So I can do the things of God. Why do I want to study the word of God so that I can help others and let them learn and grow? Hallelujah. Amen. 
See, because one of the things, too, as we, as we look at this, even in verse 5 up here, before we get into the Lord's Prayer, he said, don't use vain repetitions. And I used, to, I used to struggle with that in one sense because I'd find myself crying out to God for the same things. Amen. I was crying out to God for revival. I was crying out to God for the move of the Spirit. I was crying out to God for souls to be saved all the time. And it was a heart's cry. And then the Lord, as I was reading that one, he said, he said, did you notice it says vain repetitions? He said, repetitions is great. I tell you to do that. You consecrate yourself before me all the time. He said, but it's vain repetitions, which means you're doing something that you just, it's just, you're just doing it. You're just doing it. You're just doing it. Amen. Now, I believe in confessions. I think confessions are great. I have a, you know, a, a daily confession that I make. I have three or four of those that I make that I've written down. And, they're think- and they, they, they register on my spirit and they stir my heart. But you know what? The th- the, I don't look at that as if, okay, you know, th- if I, doing this is like I'm doing this because I'm trying to make something happen. I'm doing that because I'm stirring my heart for what I believe. Amen. Because you can make a confession all day, all year, for your lifetime, but if you don't believe it, or if it doesn't register on your heart, it's just dead letter. Amen? Because people say, well, you need to do it this way, you need to do it that way, you need to do it God's way, that's the best way. You need to do it that, amen? You know? So it's not the amount of prayers what he was trying to get across. Because people say, if I could just get enough people to pray, if I could just get enough people to do this, if I could just get a, or if I just keep praying, I just keep praying, I keep bugging God, I kind of keep doing it, you know? And, uh, you know, and that's not the key. The key is, you need to look at yourself when you pray, when you're fellowshipping with God, is you need to look at, okay, how is my character and how is my quality? Am I really, am I, I'm talking to somebody, I'm talking to the, king of kings the lord of i'm talking to god the father the creator of the universe that i get an audience with the king i get an audience with god that i can actually hallelujah through the name of jesus through the blood of jesus i have access to the father i can come into the throne room of grace boldly amen that he's not god that's way out there because what's the first thing that it says it says our father jesus said, say our father he changed everything he changed it from being god how many know the god of the old testament was a bad dude you didn't do something right you died you touched the thing you died you didn't do this you died you touched the ark of the covenant wrong you died amen he said kill them all just wipe them all out come on you read this back here and you kind of go oh Jesus you know because you're thinking, man I am so glad we are under grace because all of us would be dead but he said, our Father, which in heaven, our Father. Doesn't that change everything that we can cry? And Paul said, we cry, Abba, Father, or Father, Father. We, we, we have that intimacy that we can actually, God is our Father. Jesus said, I go to my Father and your Father. Remember he told Mary that, don't, don't touch me, I'm going to go there. He said, your Father. We can come as children. We get to call the Most High, El Shaddai, God, who's awesome, Jehovah, hallelujah, he's our father. He's your very own father and you're his very own child. Amen? The next phrase he says is this, is he says, hallowed be thy name. Mm. And that just simply means that his name is sacred, his name is holy. Amen? 
Remember what Peter said. Peter said, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. See, when you sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, then you're always ready to give an answer to everyone that asks the reason of the hope that's within you. When you sanctify the Lord God in your heart, you're ready to... Remember what Joshua did with the children of Israel after, you know, he said, Moses is dead. Here, and so he, he said, okay, I got this bunch of ragtag bunch. Uh, everybody that was over, four or over 20 years of old at that time, they all died. Now I got all these guys. They've never been to battle. They've, never, they've been out there. They've been fed their whole lives with manna. And then they got quail. Uh, their shoes haven't wore out. Clothes haven't worn. They've never had any obstacles. Wow. Sounds like the Generation Z we got right now that we've made it, created it. Isn't that crazy? So we got, they've had everything handed to them, everything handed to them. And now Joshua's like, God says we got to go over and fight. Let's do this. And it was really easy for that bunch to walk around and not say anything because they didn't know what to say. They didn't have these old guys and all everybody else had opinions. They all did. Come on. Come on. And so, but what did, before Joshua took him down the, to, to uh, the Jordan River to get it opened up, before he took him across to get to Jericho, before he did anything, he said, y'all coming with me. Come on. We are going down because here's what we're going to do. We're going to go down to Bethel. We're going to go down to the house of God. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to sanctify ourselves unto God. We are going to make him holy because we know we can't win without him. Because you remember, remember God told Moses, he said, you can go into the promised land. I'm just not going with you. You, got, when you, you read your Bibles, right? But anyways, it's in there. He said that. He said, hey, he said, hey, we got me. It's cool. He, and Moses, thank God Moses was a smart dude. He's like, are you kidding me? If you ain't going, I ain't going either. There's no way. The giant's over there, man. We're not going. God said, you just go without me. I'm not going. He said, oh, no, 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 that ain't happening. But Joshua took him down. He said, sanctify. So listen, we say, you know, uh, you know we say, our, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, which simply means, Father, you're holy. And I sanctify that, and I make that and understand that this is such a privilege and an honor to be able to bring my needs. It's such a privilege and honor to have fellowship with you. It's such a privilege and honor to be in the presence of a king. Amen. Amen. It just sets it apart. It sets everything here. And then the next, the next thing is really interesting. He says, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Amen? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, you know? Wow. It, you know, because Jesus said, listen, you do something. You, you, he want his kingdom to come, his kingdom to come. Remember what Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you? Isn't that amazing that we're talking about a kingdom? That's what messes us all up because we're all looking for something else and yet God placed a kingdom on the inside of us. Remember what Romans says? The kingdom of God is not meat or drink but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's on the inside that the kingdom has come. Remember Jesus told him, he said, the kingdom has come. How did it? To live and to dwell in the and, on it, and, and, and we operate by a whole different thing because he said this. He said, listen, here, here's what happens is that thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Glory to God. I mean, it's amazing how many people think how wonderful heaven is and that there's no sin, there's no, no, no fighting, everybody's fear and holy, there's no unforgiveness there, and that's all true. And yet, Jesus said, you need to pray that that happens on the earth. Amen? 
And he qualifies it. We're going to look at some other things here, but he qualifies it here. But here's the key about the kingdom is to know when you understand the kingdom of God is within you, and you're saying that the spirit of God lives within you, then you've got a whole different set of, I don't want to say rules, but you've got a whole different set of uh, uh, just thought processes, whole different way of thinking, whole different set things of how I live in a kingdom and I live in, and I operate from the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world. Remember, Jesus said, the prince of this world has nothing in me. Amen? And it, it is, it's so unique when we understand this. It, it changes our whole thought process. You, you know, my title for all of this, and we're going to get this because here's the next thing about it. Give us this day our daily bread. Ooh, I love this. Give us this day our daily needs. Give us this day whatever it is we need. Give us daily everything we need. Today is the day. And my title of this whole thing is Daily Dependence. If you daily depend on the Lord to lead you, to guide you, to show you, to do it, then you'll daily get your bread from him. Because he's the bread of heaven. Because also, remember what he said to the the Syrophoenician woman. He said, it is not meat or it it is not right for me to take the children's bread of healing and give it to dogs. And that didn't even bother her being called a dog. That didn't stop her faith. She said, yep, Lord, I'm a dog. But even the dog gets a crumb. All you got was a crumb. I don't want all the bread. I don't want the whole piece. Just give me a crumb and my daughter will be well. He said, oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you, man. And it was. Her daughter was healed. She said, I just need a crumb. She didn't let what anybody said or anything. She wasn't going to stop her from getting what God had. Amen. But notice it was the children's bread. It's the children's bread of healing. It's what we have. We can partake of this. And it's our daily dependence. It's our daily dependence. Everything that we need, our eye sets it on Jesus. Everything, no matter what you come up against, I got to ask the Lord of what's going to take it. Whatever I need for today, whatever I need, no matter what, my dependence is on the Lord because, Lord, give us our daily bread. You know what we need. You know how we need to walk through this. You can do it. He's going to bring so that you have sustenance. He's our source. You know, we say that all the time. But how, you know, what happens if he is your source? And you actually can go to your source and receive. Amen? You know, that was the amazing thing about, you know, you've heard me talk about George Mueller before. And, and I mean, I've read all of his autobiographies and I've read all of his books. I've read all of his books because he just amazes me. He just amazed me at what he did at the turn of the century and had 2,500 orphans in homes and stuff and he had nobody supporting them, no churches, no ministries, no nothing. Every day he just prayed. Every day he prayed, and he prayed in $7 million in 1902, you know, which $7 million in 1902 was $7 million, you know, $7 million right now, you don't even know if it's real or not, it's got to got so much money floating around out here, okay, it's not based on nothing, okay, because that was all based on so what he had, but he just prayed, he just get down and pray, and God would do it, and God did it, and he, that's all he said, we're just going to pray, he said, we're just going to pray. And you, you do realize that the Hudson Taylor, who did the, the China Christian Inland Missions, uh, you know, from 1900s to 1947, till they all got kicked out of there, Hudson Taylor was going to get off the mission field, and he was beat up right in the, in the beginning of his ministry and stuff, and things were bad. I think his wife had died, all kinds of things. And, uh, you know, George Buehler said, oh, no, you're not. You're not getting off of there. He said, I'm sending you $10,000. You stand there, and you're going to do the will of God, and the rest is history. 
Yet he changed the course, you know, and was getting China saved before they kicked him out in 1947. But that's why we have, you know, good heritage that's in there. And, uh, but because he, he, just, he just believed God. And then both of those guys, they started believing God. Amen. They started allowing God to be God. They said, well, how did it happen? They don't know. They just know God showed up. And God just did it. You know, it's just the miracle working power of God. Because why? Because God said, when you look to him, when we look to our great, we expect him and him alone to bring down every good and every perfect gift. Amen? Amen. I mean, that's what James 1.17 says. James 1.17 says this. Every good and every perfect gift is from above, and it comes down from the Father of lights, from whom there is no vari- variation of shadow of turning. Amen? Yeah. Glory to God. I love that. I love that. And it's this daily dependence that gets God on the scene. Amen? Isn't that amazing? We take hold of some things and it changes the course of, of our lives. Because, you know, backing up just a little bit too, even when we want God's will to be done, then we're willing to do God's will. We are so happy to submit to his will. Submission is a joy. Amen? Our hearts delight in submitting to God because we know that he has our best interests at heart. Hallelujah. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. It goes on to say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Or forgive those that sin against us or trespass against us is what it says over in Luke's gospel. And isn't it amazing? This one here is probably the biggest one that messes up the body of Christ more than anything else. Because it doesn't say, forgive us our sins and enable us to forgive others. Doesn't say God's gonna, you know, enable you to do anything. Jesus said, I'll forgive you as you forgive others. <laughs> so he tied everything to your forgiveness and you walk in. That's why it says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, and what it does gives us the understanding that God's not going to forgive you your sins as long as you keep sinning. (laughs) It's kind of like saying, I want you to heal my thumb, but I keep hitting it with a hammer. It ain't never going to get healed. You can say that, you can believe that, do whatever you want to do, but if you keep hitting your thumb, it's going to always stay bloody. And it's going to always stay bruised. It's going to always stay broken. Amen. See, the, the problem that we have is we want God to do all the work. And that's not the will of God. It never has been. The children of Israel were in the wilderness. God provided everything. Miracles. Science. I mean, they, they didn't get sick. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. They had quail in the morning or they had manna. They didn't like that. God gave them quail. They had all these things, you know. And uh, so all these miracles and everything. And they, were getting, they had no, you know, everything was, all their needs were met. Everything was working. And they were totally out of the will of God. God sends them over into the promised land with Joshua. All these people don't, can't hardly do anything, don't know how to do a lot of things. Praise God, they're having to fight giants, they're having to take cities, they're going into battles, and they're in the perfect will of God. Amen. So we think, man, if everything would just be so smooth and everything so wonderful, I'd just be in the will of God. You know, when everything's going great, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? We got we to watch out. We got to watch out. We got to watch out. And I don't like to be cynical or anything. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, Lord, 
Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm probably that's why I'm praying a whole lot more now because things in Harvest Bible Church are doing awesome. I mean, we were just in a, we're in a flow. We're in a great thing. God is doing, and man, I'm praying more now than ever. Like, okay, Lord, praise God. I want to stay focused here. Stay focused because I know, I know somebody's going to sucker punch me here in just a second. You know, you know, and I got to be careful. We got to stay on my guard here and get this. Amen. You got to do it. And, uh, you know, the crazy thing about this, when you understand this, and the number one way that, that the door can be opened to us is where strife and unforgiveness comes in. Amen. When you get strife and unforgiveness, that's what do. Because, see, God tied our forgiveness from him to our forgiveness to others. And that's why we've got to forgive you know, he didn't talk about penance. He didn't talk about, he just said, let's just walk and let God. And that's why he told us to forgive. In fact, he told us over in, in Ephesians, he said, we're, we're to forgive even as Christ has forgiven us. Amen. That's what changes everything. Because not only did he say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. He also said, lead us not into temptation. Means we've got to have a watchfulness against temptation, against fear and against dread and against sin. We've got to make sure. Because God's not tempting us with evil. God's not going to do those things. We're led astray when we do it on our own, own you know, lust and our own things that we do. But, you know, it's saying, God, I don't want to be led into temptation. Amen? But you also know, too, is that, you know, Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God to be tempted of the devil. Amen? And we have that wonderful story where Jesus defeats the devil there. And the Bible says he, that Satan left him for a season. doesn't mean he wasn't going to come back and try to, try to do things. It just simply means Jesus used the word and defeated the enemy with that. And we saw he defeated him in all the areas that we have to defeat him in. We have to defeat him in those areas. Amen? We have to defeat him in the natural area where, you know, when he said, you're hungry, turn this, this, this stone into bread. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen? You know? And Jesus took him up to a high pinnacle and said, see all the world, see all these things here. I'm going to give you everything. If you bow down and worship me, all this is mine and I can give it and you'll get it if you'll bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, no, no, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Get thee behind me, Satan. And then Satan said, okay, well, cool. How about you just fall down over here because the scripture says that if, if you fall down, that the angels will catch you lest you even just dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Amen. He used the word of God all the way through it. But those three areas is what we have to do. Number one is the physical side of things. It's the whole physical side of our needs being met. Is God going to really come through? Is God going to meet the needs now? I mean, I know he has been, but man, are we going to run out? Everybody's running out. We got this. You know, and, uh, but yet we, we see God's hand and God's plan. Amen. That he's going to meet the need. God's got more than enough for everybody. God's going to make sure that uh, all of the needs are met. There's still all of the food that's ever been here is still here. Amen. We still got a whole, whole bunch of things is good. And then if we let the cares of this life about I don't have enough. But look at you can have all this. You can have all this. All you got to do is compromise a little bit. All you got to do is do this. All you got to do is, you know, hey, stop doing these things. All you got to do is, if you'll do this, then, you know, you're going to get more. You know, you don't have to quite be that good of a person. You don't have to, I mean, the, the devil's always trying to do that. And then if that doesn't work, then the devil says, well, if God's so good, why don't you, why don't you just test God? Why don't you just prove him? How come God's not doing that for you? 
<laughs> Looks like God loves that person. I mean, come on, the Bible says you're supposed to be blessed. The Bible says you're supposed to have this. The Bible says, amen. But glory to God, when you have a daily dependence upon the Lord and you have a daily fellowship with the Lord, you know how to tell the devil, say, Satan, take a hike. You know, here it is. You know, I'm not going to let you, you know, I'm not tempted in those things. I'm not going to let you do that. He goes on to say, the very last thing is, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. That just simply means that, guess what? You know who's ruling everything? Our God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank God. He's got everything in control. We recognize that he is the supreme being. He is God, no matter what's going on. He's left us in charge. We're making a mess of it. But praise God, he's still got a handle on it. Okay, he's still got a handle on it, hallelujah. And he is the infinite source of everything that we need. But it's our heart attitude and our heart hunger. That's why the word of God is so important. So you come and you ask and you believe God for his word and what his word says, God will bring and he'll meet every need that you have. But you've got to also come with a humble heart. And it's a daily dependence. It's a daily fellowship. It's a daily thing. I'm so glad I get to talk to him daily. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> you know because see one of the biggest ways is I always say if things aren't working I say okay Lord am I, not, am I walking out of love to somebody am I in unforgiveness because that's one of the big, biggest tests to see how fit your heart is when you think about a certain person you can always tell the amount of emotion or the, the amount of forgiveness excuse me you can always tell the amount of emotion or the amount of forgiveness by the amount of emotion that comes up when you think about something because if you've truly forgiven them, there's not a whole lot of emotion. But if you truly haven't, there's a lot of emotions. Amen? And I just use that as an example because God's desire for us is, is that he wants to take us from faith to faith, from strength to strength, and from glory to glory. And he wants to keep thinking, you know, lest you think I have a, such a cynical mind that you know, we have to have this bad stuff happening. That's not the case. The case is, is that there are going to be some tests. There are going to be some giants. There are going to be some things. But God's going to see you through it. God's going to show you which way to go. That's why you've got your, uh, your building tool in one hand. You're building these things. And you've got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God in the other hand. So you can use the word of God against the enemy who's always trying to defeat you. Amen? So let's daily depend on him. Let's daily fellowship. And then let's get prayers that prevail. Prayers that, that, that make uh, uh, things happen. Amen? And I don't know about you, but I've been crying out to God for a lot of supernatural things that I feel that we need to have as the church. You know, and the Lord's like, hey, you preach the word, I'll confirm it. I'm going to do the things that I'm famous for. He'll do all kinds, and he'll do greater things. He'll do things for us. We just have to believe him and trust him and allow God to be God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. Lord, I just trust that what I share tonight makes sense and it touches lives because we want to be daily dependent upon you. We want to have our daily bread every day. Father, we honor you because you're our Father. And your name is to be, to, to be worshipped and to be praised. And we magnify you. And we thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You're not the one leading us into temptation. The enemy's always trying to draw us away. But we're going to stay faithful to you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for every person that's here. Thank you for every person that's watching. But Father, may we all have that right relationship with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Because it's all about knowing Jesus. 
in knowing him as our Savior and our Lord. So, Father, if there's anyone here that doesn't know them, my heart's cry is that they would truly know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. I thank you for it, Father. And those that are watching, that they would just cry out. And the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. It's crying out to Jesus to get born again, to believe in their heart and to confess with their mouth. Lord, we thank you for that now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.